Hello, everyone. Welcome to the cleanest hour in podcasting. That's what I'm calling it. I'm going to call it the cleanest hour in podcasting, the Housekeepers Podcast. This is a podcast for those of you who may be new tuning in. And first I say, how dare you be a newbie? No, welcome. This podcast is for housekeeping managers by housekeeping managers. This is a place where we get to meet and greet and, and share war stories with housekeeping managers from every industry all over the world. It is the best podcast. You don't want to go anywhere else. And today, of course, I have an amazing guest, Finest. Did I say it again right? Did I say it right? You got it. You got it. Finest Jones. I don't know what your parents were thinking, but I love it. Which Jones is <laughs> Finest Jones? <laughs> oh, you know what? I can't take the credit like that. Uh, my, my, my parents, uh, it's a family name. Uh, my, my dad's name, my grandfather's name. Um, it's actually biblical. Uh, comes from what, the do you, Bible. what do you mean? How? What? what uh, where in the Bible is finest? Like, what, what's the reference? So you know? it's actually is derived from the ancient city Phineas. So if you see Phineas or Phineas, um, you know, as they were teaching the Bible, you know, folks were having trouble pronouncing, you know, Phineas. So they ended up on finest. So you'll see it as you know, P H I N E A. Um, you might even see it with two N's, F-I-N-N-I-S. So um, it's a name that's been passed down from, from previous generations. I like it. I like it a lot. And so I know now that you're working at UC Davis, yes. and I wanted to say that you're the housekeeping extraordinaire, but you're actually, your actual <laughs> title is what you're the custodial director, right? Or director right. of, I have it here. Uh, Director of Custodial Services for uh, facilities management. So uh, at Davis, we actually have uh, two custodial uh, departments, one that oversees student housing and the other ones that oversee the uh, classroom spaces and labs and stuff like that. And that's in my which, In which do you oversee? Uh, the, I oversee the, the classrooms and office spaces and uh, nice. research spaces. So. I, you know, I looked it up. There's like 39,000 students at that school. So it's massive. It's I massive. can't even imagine that kind of turnover right now because everybody's leaving right now. Right. Like right now is they're moving out of their dorms because of the semester's over. Right. Well, actually, we, are, we operate on a quarter system. So they go a little bit later into the year. Oh, um, good. About June, mid-June is when they turn over. So. But that turnover has got to be pandemonium. It is, it is exciting and not in a good way. <laughs> <laughs> before, before we get, before we get too far into that, I would love to know just where it started, like where you, you have a bachelor's degree, which is pretty fantastic. Sure. So it sure. looks like you got your associate's degree first. Well, yeah. So, you know, I, I, I started off um, in college, a college basketball player. You know, I'm 6'6", you know, 250. So I don't know if you can tell by the screen. You look, you look the same size as me. So we're going to make you <laughs> feet today. So, you yeah, know, relatively big guy. I played basketball in college. Um, and I, so I started off at a, a little community, or not a community college, a little liberal arts college in San Diego. Um, got homesick. So I'm, I'm born and raised in Stockton, California. So that's why I came back for a year, um, you know, trained up and went back out there in the field and, you know, finished up at Cal State East Bay in Hayward and uh, majored in marketing entrepreneurship. Um, that nice. was back in 2009. And so, you know, not a great time for entrepreneurship in 2009. Um, that was, that was in the heart of like the economic collapse. So, yeah, that's when, um, gosh, you know, if, if there's, if there's anything I'm going to remember from that time, it's the idea it just drives me insane, but it's the whole idea of all the dealerships that went under. Like yeah. all those small mom and pop dealerships were told they were no longer allowed to sell cars. Right. And right. In, in the town that I was living in, I lived in Northfield, Vermont at the time. We had this family owned dealership that had been there for 30 years. And the government literally came in and said, you can't sell cars anymore. Like <laughs> it's tough. It's tough time. It's tough time. <laughs> And so, yeah, young kid right out of college, you know, got pie in the sky dreams of, you know, I want to open up my own gym. Nice. And that's not actually feasible <laughs> because there's not venture capital out there that's willing to risk something on something like that. So 
um, I just started applying and, um, you know, ended up at a company called Healthcare Services Group. I think you're familiar with it. Yeah, yeah, my alma mater. Sure. <laughs> I think we <laughs> all grew up at Healthcare Services Group. Right. And, and, that's, and that's where I started. And that's, uh, you know, that's kind of where I fell in love with the industry. And I remember. Um, so wait, wait, wait. So Healthcare Services Group, for those who don't know, it's a, it's a, a company that it's a, the largest management company that serves long-term care for housekeeping, laundry, and, and they took on dietary some time ago. Yeah. But they have they have one of the best onboarding programs for office staff. I don't know if you know this. Maybe you do know this. But if you get an office job, because it's a big corporation. Yes, it is. If you get an office job working for Healthcare Services Group, they make you go clean in a nursing home as part of the, as, as part of the onboarding process. Yeah. I think that is the best thing I have ever heard in my life. Talk about keeping it grounded, keeping you knowing, you know, you want everybody from your, from your CFO all the way down to your actual housekeeper. You want them all to know what business we're in. We're in the business right. of cleaning. I love that. So smart. At the time I hated it, but now um, I, I 100% agree with it, right? It's the foundation of, again, of what I do. I still think about those times when I was in nursing homes, cleaning toilets, folding linen, um, you know, stripping and refinishing floors. Like, I don't think I could be able to do my job effectively without having that knowledge, despite, you know, being educated. Like you, you need that real life experience. Yeah. And, and, and I, I, I agree. And I, I did. So do you guys do something? I'm, I'm curious now, just cause you're at UC Davis now, what is that? Is there any kind of a crossover training between, and I know you're going to say no, and I'm hoping you're going to say yes. Do the professors get in there with a mop and you know? Like, <laughs> no, not not so much these days. No, not so much. But I think there is a, a newfound respect, right? Um, I know when we were we were kind of in the middle of the coronavirus and we were trying to figure out a bunch of things and how we disinfect. And you know, I, I tell this story and it makes kind of people laugh. But I was on a, a conference call one time and there were like eight doctors and a chemical engineer and then me. And I was like, you know, I feel a little outclassed here, right? I feel like I'm a little out of my, my element, but, you know, folks were asking about our procedures and our processes and want to know how we do things. And it was critically important to what they did. And of so course. that made me feel good. So no, they're not mopping floors, but they are coming to me a lot more than what they used to. I love that. That is that. And, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'll probably get, you know, some backlash for it, but, but I, I gotta tell you, there are some things that the coronavirus has done really well for us in this industry and, yes. and only, and, and, you know, it's just to put a positive spin on things, highlighting the importance of housekeeping is not a bad thing. And that's what this, I think that every time we have any kind of an outbreak, right? Like the H1N1, the swine flu, the whatever, every time, you know, there's always that like, you know what we should we should look at housekeeping a little more. How do you do that? How often are you going in there? Right. What's that chemical right. you're using? Right. No, this has actually presented some really unique opportunities to grow our department, to really put our people out in the forefront and really get some really good recognition for our guys. So I'm really happy for our team um, and what they've been able to accomplish during this, you know, pretty difficult time. No question. So HCSG, you're there for four years, I think? Yeah, about five years. About five what did years, you start? Right? What did you start doing? Um, I was a uh, management trainee, right? Yeah. So you know, going through that system and um, basically meaning you're doing the housekeeping, covering shifts yep. for short. Yep, yep, covering on the weekends, covering, you know, every every time somebody's out. Um, yep. but again, that experience, I, I wouldn't trade it now. I know at the time. time though. At the time, not not the best, not the best. Like what are, what am I doing here, right? Now? I can't I tell you how many times I've had that same thought and then how many times working training new managers that I've had this conversation were like, I, I didn't sign up to be do to be a housekeeper. I signed up to be a manager and I'd be like, do time, brother, do time. Well, I, I'm out here on the West coast and we had a, uh, we had some, some young guys along with us. So that kind of made it kind of seem a little bit more palatable for me. It's like, all right, this young guy who's educated doing it, I guess I could do it, you know? Yeah. So that made it good. And I still keep in touch with those guys. Those are great guys. And so That's I stayed awesome. there for about five years, um, moved my way up to about a senior district manager. Kind what of was the size, what was the size building that you were in? You were in a nursing home or in a CCRC? I started or? off. I, my first account was about a hundred bed account up in Auburn, California. Shout out to those guys out there; they're still there. I love them. Um, but uh, yeah, that was my first account. You know, bed, I, yeah. 
Yeah, not not the not the most diverse place either. So I'm completely out of my element, and everybody's like, "Man, who's this basketball player playing?" <laughs> you know, right now. So um, you know, you have to learn different skills, different people skills, and how to relate to people. So no question, you know, every I, I was just I was just reminded that you when you talk to a baby is different than how you talk to your mom. You know what I mean? Like it's you change your voice, you change your yeah. vernacular, you change your expressions, you either speak up or you speak that you know what I mean? You're you know, there's right. a lot to it. And so uh, recognizing who you're talking to and learning how to approach different people is not bad. You know, it's a good thing. Not at all. Not at all. Yeah. Not at all. But you got to know your audience for sure. So you go from long-term care. That's your first hoorah into housekeeping, long-term yeah. care. Where do you go next? Uh, then I end up in the public K-12. So, you know, I'm burning the midnight oil at healthcare services group because, you know, they, they run you, you know, they, they make, they put you through it all. And so, uh, you know, I, I'm like, you know, I gotta, I gotta have something, a little change of pace, you know, my family is growing. Um, my wife, you know, and I just got married and, you know, we have our son. And so I, I end up uh, running the K-12 in my own, in my hometown. So um, it's about 62 sites, school sites and, you know, 200 plus custodians, uh, but a completely different element. And yeah. those guys, they, they reminded me every time that finances isn't a nursing home. Like this is, <laughs> this is a school. Um, and but my motto is always, but well, why can't it be clean? You know, like it, just because it's, it's a school doesn't mean that it should be any less clean. And so um, I did that for about three years and really made some, some really good friends, had some really good relationships out there. And we really we really improved the, the look, at least from my perspective. K through 12 is were you guys cleaning during the day? You're doing it all at night. So it was all it was a night job, right? No, no, we actually had both. Uh, we have, you know, like head custodians who kind of man like the cafeteria and oh, sure. restrooms okay. and stuff like that and handle spills uh, all throughout the day. And then the evening guys would do the majority of the cleaning, like in the uh, the classrooms and offices and stuff like that. So a different a different dynamic for sure yeah. in nursing homes. I worked my my between my my eighth grade and ninth grade year, so that I was fifteen. Going into my freshman year, they had a summer work program, yep. yeah. and they had like all kinds of things. You could go work in a mechanic, you could go work at a store. Not what I—I I don't know how or why in God's name. I'm like, you can go be a custodian at the high school. I was like, yeah. I remember saying to my mom, I totally rationalized it because she was like, you really want to do that? Like, you want to be go and be a custodian at the high sure. school? And I rationalized. It. I said, well. This way I'll get to know the lay of the land because I've never been to the high school and I'm going there for my freshman year. And so I'll, I'll go. And I had a great summer. It's just a summer hanging out with a bunch of guys stripping and waxing yeah. floors. I learned how to strip and wax floors, learned how to buff, learned go. that students chew too much gum. Like that's, <laughs> that's for sure. That's like we had, <laughs> the first thing I did when I got there, they put me on gum duty. They gave me a scraper and a little bag and they're like, turn over all the chairs and all the desks and scrape all the gum. And I was like, this is easy. No, there's like eight pieces per desk. So I was like, what? And it's amazing that, you know, supposedly gum's not allowed, right? So how, <laughs> how, do, you, how do you get on the desk if it's not allowed? I don't understand. <laughs> I was apparently the only one who didn't know that. Right. You know what's funny about that? I was, in, I was in a nursing home. It wasn't that long ago, like three years ago or so. And... I, we were we were going to strip and wax a dining room. And so, you know, when you strip and wax a dining room, you got to take all the tables out. And when you get to the door, so you carry them over to the door, and then you have to turn them aside. And we were all stunned on the amount of gum underneath the table at a nursing home. And it took a couple of minutes because we're like, the elderly are doing gum. <laughs> Right, right. And of course, of course, it's you know, it's the 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 kids senior, who are visiting. Yeah, or seeing. Maybe, yeah, maybe, but, maybe nurse staff. You know, exactly, exactly. So everywhere I am at now, my only thing is, is I think everywhere there's a public table, there's gum underneath it. Just yeah. peace and love for those who don't know. <laughs> likely, likely. Oh, <laughs> um, Starbucks yeah. sitting at a table. I bet there's gum under that table. I'm just for saying. sure, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. So. Yeah, but I, I liked it. I liked it a lot. And and you did it for a few years. 
Yeah, well, about three years there, um, uh, managing the, those guys and, you know, really trying to give them structure. And that was one thing that, that we were really lacking is we, we didn't have much structure. Definitely the wild, wild west there. You know, once school uh, closes up, you got, you know, 100 plus custodians all across the city doing their own thing. And so um, trying to bring that that, st that stabilizing, you know, person for them was, was a challenge. But we got there. We got there. Yeah. And everything has to be turned over. Every desk has to be cleaned yeah. you know, and there's drawings on them. There's carvings. You have to assess whether or not the desk is even usable anymore. Yeah. No. And, and first day of school is, is the biggest deal ever. Right. Mm -hmm. So everything, you know, during that summer, I mean, it's, it's, it's every, everybody go and clean up the, the place and change out all the lights and uh, make sure that the desks are stable and all the chairs. So, you know, every locker has to be cleaned. Every locker every, has to be opened every, and cleaned. Every, <laughs> you, you're talking about some stuff in merch homes. And I was lobby. just going to say, you can find some stuff. <laughs> I was just going to say, by the way, at the school I worked in, they had a scrapbook of stuff that they found in lockers. And I mean, I can only imagine. <laughs> it, it, it was eye opening. I'm like, people take pictures of that? And exactly. they them in their locker? Right, right. This kid has one of these. How does what? He get one of these? <laughs> yep, yep. Those, those are definitely interesting summers. Definitely. Yeah, summer. that's super fun. All right, so you do that, yep. and then from where do you go from there? Um, so then I end up here. Oh, that. Here. So you went. Oh, so you stayed right in education then. Yep. Uh, but higher ed, higher ed is, is, is it's a little different than, than K-12. I think you're dealing with a different population and different expectation. And so um, I make the move to UC Davis because, again, just trying to grow the family and, nice. you know, um, and it seemed like a bigger opportunity. So you know, definitely excited to be here at Davis. That's awesome. It looks, you know, like they do the virtual tour now. So you mm -hmm. can go and you can click and you can kind of go through some of their student centers and the engineering department, you know, like there's a, like I said, I was stalking you a little bit. I was trying to prepare. <laughs> I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I'm, I'm preparing for an ad hoc conversation. Anyway. I'm flattered. I'm flattered. I'm totally flattered. <laughs> no, it, it looks, it looks both. It looks both like the one thing that's really great about spaces like that is they're wide open. Right. Mm -hmm. And wide open spaces are really great. The other thing is that when it gets into the classrooms, like they have a big engineering department over there. Totally. It just makes me, you know, I'm just so super curious, like, and how do you clean the engineering department? Like, how, <laughs> are you even, what is the policy? Does, right. do you guys well, get in those rooms? I, I can't imagine they would let you in there to clean. Maybe, I don't know. They let us in, but we do very little. Honestly, yeah, very little because of the chemistry that that's going on in there. We really can't do anything with like countertops and things like that. We mostly mm -hmm. get in, do some sweeping and mopping of the floors, empty the trash, and yeah. when available, we might do some high dusting. But even that is kind of touch and go. We don't want to mess up anybody's research, so I don't want to be responsible for anybody's <laughs> being destroyed. So you very know, little. In 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 long term care, we we don't touch people's desks. So right. we'll go into an office and we'll do the same thing. We'll do the high dusting. We'll pull the trash and we'll do some floor care. But we do not. We never touch a desk. The, we, I think we've made like this blanket agreement. And it's kind of like if you want your desk cleaned off, like you want us to wipe down your desk, make sure it's empty. So everything's put in the drawers, you know, that thing. If, if there's anything out of the drawers because of HIPAA and all that stuff. Right. Right. We, there's no tissue. We we don't care if there's spilled coffee on it. We're not touching. That's the only right. reason. Well, I guess we get spilled coffee, but you know. Uh, and, and unfortunately, I mean, the custodian is always the first one to kind of be the one to get blamed when something comes up missing, you know. Um, and, and that's unfortunate too. Yeah. Well, you know, it's unfortunate. That's a knee jerk. And at the same time, I've caught a bunch of housekeeper stealing so i'm not i don't know where i sit there, there, there is good reason for it at times and it's not but it's not always the case no question no question i i'm just saying i'm i struggle with that sometimes i struggle with innocent until proven guilty wait it was the housekeeper <laughs> no it, it is true there are those folks out there but i always always kind of recoil a little bit where it's like Ooh, like you think that the custodian needs like your, you know, your piece of gum out of your desk or, or something like that. Like, come on, you know, our, our custodians are better than that. They can get their own gum. I had, 
I have, I, I, uh, you know, when I think back over the years and I've been working in housekeeping for more than 20 years. So I, and I've worked in a ton of, like I said, I worked in a school. I started working cleaning condos at a ski resort and I've worked in hotels and hospitals and I've done a lot of different environments where I was responsible for cleaning one area or another. And when I just kind of look back at all the theft and the breakage and sometimes it is sometimes it is crazy to think what people steal <laughs> and then on the other side it's crazy of the con sometimes like i had i had one lady a laundry worker she got fired by the administrator of this nursing home because she was short 10 cents. She was at, so they have her on video. They see her at the soda machine and she's trying to get a soda and she doesn't have enough money. She's counting out her change, putting it in the machine. Right. And there's a maintenance cart behind her just out in the hallway. And mm -hmm. so she goes to the maintenance cart. The maintenance cart had like a bunch of pennies and a dime. She took the dime, put it in the machine, got the soda and they fired her over it. Oh, ouch. Oh, I said, I don't know if that's stealing. I don't know if yeah. that's happening. That <laughs> right. right. You know. Well, I, I think you gotta you gotta weigh every situation, you know, differently. You know, like is this a quality employee? Is the person have a, a history of doing something like that? And you know, does that rise to the level of somebody losing their job? You know, I would hate to see like a 30-year employee lose their job over 10 cents. You know? Yeah, no, she wasn't she was she was a young girl. She was maybe 19, 20 years old, but still it's, I did not think that anybody who, you know, anybody would have given her that 10 cents. Like in, in her taking the 10 cents is to me, it's like going up for seconds without permission. I mean, the food's <laughs> there. It's not that big of a deal. Right. So right. I don't know. And then I've seen, I've had situations where I've had to be quite the detective. Like I legit had to be, I caught a lady, another laundry aid. Not, that, let's not say it's all about laundry. Yeah, oh, laundry you're on a slippery slope now. I know. I, <laughs> I, I caught another laundry aid stealing. She stole a lockbox from a resident's room that wow. had the, the lockbox. The, the, they had just gone through and given every resident their own personal lockbox with the key and, you know, just to sure. keep your valuables in. And sure enough, one comes up missing. And we have it on tape where we see the laundry worker going into the room, the laundry worker and the nurse on the unit, the only two people going in the room. The, the nurse goes in, comes out, and she clearly has nothing. The laundry worker goes in, she comes out, she comes out with laundry, which is the opposite, clean laundry, which is the opposite of what you're doing. You're normally bringing clean laundry into the resident room. You're not taking clean laundry out of a laundry room. So that's my first, that's my first little wait, wait. Why would you be carrying clean laundry out of the laundry room? And then there's another camera outside the laundry room. And so now I mean and I don't know how I feel about cameras because there is somebody right now, it's what is it, 22 minutes after four on the East Coast. I know it's a little earlier where you are. Sure. But there is somebody right now who has been all day watching videotape of something that happened yesterday. They're trying to get, and you just lose your life just That's watching so video. And I've been there and it just like, I don't know why we have videotape. Anyway. <laughs> so, so now I'm fast forwarding through video because I see her go into the laundry with presumably the lockbox. And then I see her leaving and she leaves with nothing. And so then I'm just like, all right, it's got to be left in the laundry room. Sure. And so I go in the laundry room and I start tearing it apart. And underneath a bunch of dirty clothes, you know, that are just piled high is that stupid lockbox. I was like, you gunky. <laughs> Here we go. You took the bait. Unfortunately, you took the bait. I, I you know, but I, uh, so yeah, sometimes it's housekeepers. Um, <laughs> Sometimes, no, no, 100%. Sometimes it is. I just, you know, like I, like I said, sometimes our, our custodians, our housekeepers are, you know, the, the lower end of like the salary. But yeah. our, our folks have a lot of pride and they have a lot of, and they're proud of what they do. And so, you know, when you look down on them or assume that they steal, you know, I've had some folks get really, really offended. You know, Agreed. It's like, Agreed. hey, 
you know, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm an upstanding person. I'm trying to make a buck like everybody else. I don't need to steal anybody's things. What is your, do you have any, just going on this subject, cause I'm curious about it. Do you have, how do you stop stealing? I mean, how do you prevent stealing? You work in uh, schools where presumably we have kids with thousand dollar phones and two thousand dollar computers, and I mean, right? UC Davis is not a cheap school, so I imagine the kids that are there <laughs> got money just falling out of their pockets as they try to pull their pants up. My image, not yours. <laughs> so there are some. So there are some well off students here. We look in the parking lot. We're like, yeah, that 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 person's pretty well off. Um, I don't know How if you do can you prevent stop. it. Yeah, I don't know if you can stop it per se. I think if a person has got their mind made up and they want to steal, they're going to try to find out whatever avenue that they are. I think our biggest thing is more, you know, I want you to value this job. You know, I want you to value being a part of UC Davis and into a way that you wouldn't want to shatter our reputation. You wouldn't want to shatter your reputation as a custodian in our department and that we've afforded you with enough opportunities that you wouldn't want to steal, right? Or you wouldn't want to let, you know, your fellow custodian like down. But at the end of the day, you know, folks are going to do what they want to do. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I, I just hope that we've instilled enough of that into people that, you know, they do the right thing. I started, you tell me if this makes any sense to you, because I love your approach. I think you're absolutely right. I think from, from a team point of view, you're absolutely right. I think sometimes though, nobody intends to go steal. I mean, uh, not nobody. I mean, I like, I'm sure there's a lot of people, <laughs> right, but right. you know, you see somebody, you walk into a resident room, and you have no money and you don't have a lunch today and there's a $5 bill tucked in a drawer and you just saw it and you think to yourself, nobody even knows it's here. Nobody sees me. I mean, there's no camera in the resident room. And I think that's what happens more often than not. Like it's just kind of like an opportunity steal. Yeah. So nobody intended to go in to steal, but then it just kind of presents itself. Yeah. And so the, those scenarios, those just really come out of good judgment, though. I mean, that, that comes down to a person, right? I, 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 I would like to think that each one of my concerns would see that opportunity and pass it over. But yeah, agreed. Agreed. You know, that 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 $5 could be what they needed, right? You don't you don't know everybody's situation. So, um, again, I just try to hope that good values that they know that they could come to us. You know, we've got break rooms like, hey, mm-hmm. you know, you need a bite to eat, come come ask somebody, you know, we have potlucks around this place all the time. You know, nice. people are looking for an excuse to have a potluck around this place. Every Friday around this place, I see a potluck going on and I'm like, what's the occasion? It's like, it's Friday. So, <laughs> um, so, you know, so I would hope that people would do the right thing. I like that a lot. So I started, you tell me if I'm off base here, because maybe I am, who knows, but I started in my interview process. So I would be hiring a new housekeeper. I just interview them, get them through the paperwork. And I'd say, hey, by the way, I can't imagine that you'd be the type of person who steals at all, but it does happen here. And most of the time when it happens, it's because people just don't think anybody notices. Everybody who steals gets caught. And the reason they get caught is because everybody sees us going in and out of resident rooms. Mm-hmm. There's cameras everywhere. So please don't do it. And I don't know that it stopped us from stealing us in the housekeeping department, but I'll tell you that our accusations went way down. Like yeah. people stopped accusing us of things missing. Yeah. For me, I, I, I was kind of like, you know what? I might've solved the issue because if I, if I saw something that I wanted and didn't think anybody was around, I might be inclined to take it. If I see something that I want and I have been warned that there's cameras and people watching me all the time, I'm less inclined. I 100% agree. And I think what you're doing is something similar to what we're trying to do is establish a culture. It's just yeah. like, hey, right from the gate, like this is what we're about and we don't tolerate this. And again, it's not going to prevent somebody who wants to steal, but mm-hmm. you know, right? Like, you know, if you steal something in our department, you're letting us all down, right? Yeah. Um, and same thing for you. It's like, hey, this is what you have as a, that's around you. So, you know, please don't do it because likely you will be caught. No question. Hey, let's talk a little operation stuff because I'm super curious. And it's so cool that you run. So you're running all the main or all the common space, right? You're running the the lab space, the conference space, the I'm, I'm imagining all the front entrances, cafeterias, all that stuff, right? Yeah. 
when when are are you are you doing it similar to a K through twelve where you have a single or a very limited staff on call during the day and then you're doing the bulk of your cleaning at night or? Yeah. So when we got here, when I got here, um, we had very limited staff during the daytime, and so um, we have ten million cleanable square feet around around the campus, and we totally. only have so we, so we only had twenty people during the daytime trying to manage that with 39,000 students roaming the campus. So we were running around like chickens with our heads cut off, you know, throughout the, throughout the day. And so we've tried to make a concerted point to, to move some of our staff to the daytime to act more as porters to resolve some of those like spills and, and issues that happen throughout the day. And they just sit all day. So then when our, our staff was coming in in the evening, they'd have, you know, they'd, they'd be running around trying to get everything cleaned up just to have it get back messed up again. And so we've been shifting about probably like 20% of our staff. We're, we're about you know 60 now folks on, on our day shift that just do portering, that just kind of keep the place looking good. And then even in the evening, those folks that do like our classrooms, offices, they will do that type of work. And you're, you're 60, you went from 20 to 60? Correct. All right, there's no way we're approving that kind of a budget next time. Just so we know. We're gonna, <laughs> no, 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 so we're streamline we're that a little bit better. No, no, no. So I, we, what we did is we moved some of that stuff. My HCSG brain just exploded. Just so no, you no, know. No, no, no. I see a boat oh. chart with OBS getting bigger. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> oh, oh, man. I, I almost uh, had a heart attack. OBS report. OBS, over budget. I haven't been those in a long That's time. A, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh man, OBS it takes me back. Um, but no, what we did is we took some of that staff from our swing and our overnight shift and shifted some of the responsibilities th- to the day shift. So you know, we didn't add any additional staff. Ah, okay. Although you know, a lot of people think that you know because they see all these new people here um, and they're like, oh, yo, Custodia must have got a, got a bigger budget. It's like, no, we just took those resources of folks that you never saw yeah. working in the evening and moved them to the daytime. Yeah, that's smart. Do you have, so you must have like a, well, I, I don't let me say must have. I'm curious. Do you have, like when I write my, when I'm mapping out a new job routine, when I'm trying to figure out how to get somebody from point A to point B on a consistent basis, are you able to do that in your environment? Are you able to say, hey, you're punching in at seven and by 730, you need to be over here. And then right after lunch, or you're going to be in the, you're going to be in the breakfast you know, dining room until this. And then is that kind of how you're structuring everything? Yeah. You know, the unique thing about our industry is that, you know, despite whatever industry we're working in, it can still be somewhat formulaic. And so, you know, we try to put together work schedules that, you know, it's the same thing pretty much every day. And despite the chaos around us, you know, we're still kind of doing the exact same things every single day. So that's what we've been working to here. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Cause that I think that, well, I think it from a management point of view, selfishly, I'm going to look at it from a management point of view. I want to be able to know where to, because I can't help. I can't support. I can't tend to, if I don't know where you are. Right. So, and, and so and me knowing where you are first begins with me having an expectation of where you should be. If I don't have that, I'm completely Especially when you're talking about 10 million square feet of cleaning surfaces, I mean that's that's a lot. Hey, let me that's ask you. About, let me ask you about floor care. <laughs> yeah, I, I, my brain's on fire here. What about floor care? You must have every type of flooring. Yeah, yeah, terrazzo, VCT, carpet, concrete. You know, we've got it. We've got it all here. You've got it all, and your favorite to work with. Um, I mean. Me, because I was trained on VCT. That's my favorite. Yeah, it is mine too. It's the most um, repairable, looks the best. Yeah. yeah. Well, I would actually say that the polished concrete, I think, looks the best now. I, I, I've grown to like the look of the polished concrete. I, I just watched a video. I love LinkedIn, by the way. Yeah. I, <laughs> it's I, great. It's awesome. If you're if you work in housekeeping and I don't care what field, like if you're a housekeeper, a floor tech, or the housekeeping manager or VP of operations, get yourself a LinkedIn account and do me a solid. Post your cleaning videos. I am addicted. <laughs> <laughs> I love them. I just saw this this company and I, I can't think of what they're called right this second, but they did this whole demonstration about cleaning concrete and and putting some finish down on it. It was gorgeous. It's beautiful. 
It's beautiful. Done right, I mean, it's actually pretty easy to maintain um, and really easy to, to keep up and, and get it started. Um, the, the hard part is getting it started, though. You know, ripping that, that carpet up, getting all that glue and adhesive off of the floor. Oh, my God. That's how you were starting? Uh, well, oh. our maintenance folks were helping us with some of that. Uh, but getting down to that part and then refinishing the floor, I mean, it, the end result, it makes it worth it. It definitely yeah. makes it. I love, I worked in a nursing home that had, it was granite floors. Okay. And I remember when I got there, I was a district manager and I just got promoted to a district manager with like seven or eight nursing homes. And so, you know, I mean, I'm, I got, I'm, I'm learning. I'm, I went from one nursing home or two to all of a sudden I'm going to being introduced to, hey, this is the new district manager of these homes. You know how it goes. I've been there. <laughs> and, and you're both, you're, you're both you know, a little bit of intimidated and very excited because you just want to see every part of the home and you're like, Oh, and how did you clean that? And Oh, Oh, I see a little mess here. And you know, you're just super critical. And I remember I went in and there's these granite floors and I'm like, how the, I've never worked with granite floors before. Yeah. You know, I had never. And so I'm trying to do research on how to strip them and how to maintain them. And I remember this, this, the, the manager, he's like, we just strip and wax it like VTC. I'm like, you do? He's like, yeah, it's <laughs> the same thing. It is. <laughs> no, <laughs> just legit, amazing, they were right? just, they were just putting down regular wax. It was, and it looked great. They were buffing it. Like I, I was like, okay. Well, the, the terrazzo, my first experience with terrazzo is what threw me for a loop because it's it's porous, even though it's kind of like a hard surface. And so I'm like, so how do we get the finish? Like, what do we, how do we, let me get, let me get, let me get a wrap in here. Let me, help me out here. How, how do we do this? How do we do this? So, uh, but no, it's, it, I, that, that, I still enjoy the floor care. There's still nothing that makes me more happy than seeing a clean floor, you know, when I, I walk I, into a building. So. You know, I say it, I say it all the time. We are a visual company, a visual industry. You know, uh, the cleaning industry is all about how it looks. I, I yep. Forget about germs for a minute. Okay. Cause I, I started my housekeeping career where we never once talked about germs. We were okay. at a ski resort. We never yeah. once talked about, I mean, we had 409, we had Lysol, we had toilet bowl cleaner. But nobody would have cared one iota if you never took them out of the bag. You know, they didn't yeah. care as long as it looked good. Yeah. So it was always just about presentation. Does it look good? Does it look good? Does it look right. good? And I remember here, so uh, this condo is like eight condos in a group, like they're connected together and they're, they're all connected by this long hallway. And of course, yeah. ski resorts they're walking down the hall in the winter. They're bringing the snow and the salt and the slush with them down the, this carpeted hallway. And yeah. of course they're all young kids who are partying. So it smells like beer and alcohol <laughs> and a little bit of vomit. And I That could be a beer name, right? Uh, I mean, a band name, beer, alcohol, and vomit. You, who doesn't go see that? Name? No. And I remember the the lead housekeeper, oh, that which reminds me, I want to talk to you about that. This The lead housekeeper coming and saying, listen, we have to do a better job on these hallways. And we're all like young kids. We're all like, oh, screw the hallways. We're just going to get ruined anyway. Yeah. And he's like, we are in the business of making it look good. And if you don't, if your floors don't look good, your floors are 80% of what everybody sees. Nobody's right. seeing the dust in the corners. Right. Very little people are seeing that. Everybody's seeing your floor care. And I brought that into nursing homes. Um, and there are some nursing homes to today who think a clean toilet will sell a building better than clean floors. They're wrong. They're not even close to being accurate. Right. And oh, uh, so I won't get you in the door. I mean, I, I tell I tell our guys all the time, like put yourself in this parents, you know, situation, spending thirty thousand dollars a year and they're touring the campus. And that place is it looks like a haunted house because it's got cobwebs everywhere. That's right. That doesn't that doesn't send the right message to, to those parents or to those students. You know? It's true, it's, but it I, means everything. I would I would say if they notice how bad the floors look, that's our fault. And if yeah. they notice the cobwebs in the corner, that's the that's the admission person's fault because they're not keeping <laughs> their attention. They shouldn't be looking at corners. <laughs> barely, right? hey, I'm a I'm a tall guy, so I my oh, yeah, eyes yeah, instantly yeah. go up every time. <laughs> I'm a floor guy. I look at I look down up. I never I never start. I always it doesn't matter where I, I go to Walmart, Target, the bank. I look at the floor first always. 
Hey, do you do you track down the guy at Target trying to figure out how it keeps his floor so shiny? I always, I'm like, a million who, percent. Who is this guy? Who is this I guy? Wanna, I want to talk to the floor tech who works at Target. You put whoever has the contact <laughs> the floor at Target, I want to talk to them. I drive my wife nuts with that. She's like, will you just stop? Like, it look at amazing. They do a great job. <laughs> you know, that reminds me, this hour is flying by too fast for me. That reminds me that so I was in Walt Disney World a couple of times, but the last time I was there, have you been to Disneyland? Disneyland's been Disneyland. Disneyland, yeah, yeah. I'm sure Sometimes. it's the same way. Yeah. Where what I first noticed was by the food, like they had like the food court kind of area, there had to be, and I'm, I don't want to exaggerate, a hundred garbage cans. Yeah. A hundred. And they were spaced out about every 15 feet. They almost and they're all red, so they almost look like. And some of them had like Disney characters, like they're legit using them for advertising. Yep. But they're like every fifteen feet down this huge row of just garbage cans. And you know, working in housekeeping, I notice, and I'm like, at first I was kind of like, why would they? Are they storing them here? Like it's such a weird. But there's so many of them. Right? There's so many of them. But if you look around, if you pay attention. There's zero garbage on the floor. There's thousands and thousands of customers coming through that door, going through their eating, thousands of them, and there wasn't a single wrapper on the ground. How is that possible? And so I have to pull up, you know, because that's me, right? I work in housekeeping. I'm curious about everything housekeeping. I pull apart, pull up, pull one of the aides. I say, hey, I'm one of the guys working there. I say, I can't believe this place is so clean. And he says two things. He says, number one, the reason that we have so many garbage cans out is because we found if we put garbage cans in a convenient location, customers will pick up after themselves. Yeah. (laughs) They will use them. If we don't, they don't have a place to put their garbage, they're only going to take a few steps with it in their hand before they're going to go like, I don't know what to do with it. I'm not going to hold it. Yep. So you take away that question for them so i mean there's we could do another podcast just on that concept i think and then the second thing is he said that all of us what did he call himself I mean, call him like a cast member he said yeah. all the cast members are first and foremost told that we're all we're all the janitorial staff and so we have to pick up if we see we're not allowed to walk by trash and i was like oh I love Walt Disney World. <laughs> you love it even more, even more. I now. love it. I love it even more. So, you posted, you post on on LinkedIn. And if anybody doesn't follow you, they really should. Finish Jones oh, on thanks. LinkedIn. Thank you. Uh, you posted that you posted a, a, a you got a lot of engagement on it too. Let me see here. It's called "What We Accomplished in 2020," and you just come up with a list of things because. You know, truth be told, it's super easy, as you know, to look back at 2020 with a negative concept, right? You're just kind of like, oh, hey, what a tough year and woe yeah. is me this and woe is me that. Right. In true leadership fashion, you're like, nope, I'm going to show, I'm going to highlight everything that we did well, all of our wins in 2020. Yes. So mad respect for that. So, so great. But there's a couple of things on here that I'm super curious about. All you right. wrote for recruitment. You said you converted 12 or two senior custodians. Wait a minute. Hold on. Okay. You convert. Hold on. You converted 20 custodians to senior custodians. And Correct. then you converted two senior custodians to lead custodians. Yep. What, what, wait, wait, wait. So what is, tell me how that works. What's a custodian versus a senior custodian versus a lead custodian? Sure. Um, so a custodian in our department is essentially somebody who does all the cleaning but doesn't operate equipment. And so that's kind of the distinction that they've made here at Davis is that, you know, anybody who you know, operates the floor care, the, the uh, carpet machines, um, any of that, that more technical side, they get paid at a different rate. And so um, there's a training program that we put our folks through um, that will allow them to qualify to be converted to like a senior custodian. And then from a senior custodian to a lead, you actually have to do apply in an interview for it. Um, but we created this, this program or this career path for our custodians so that they can start to view themselves not just in a job every single day, but we want them to have a career uh, with UC Davis. And so 
Um, we go from a, a custodian to a senior to a lead, and then the lead custodian actually prepares them to become a supervisor. So we nice. actually give them opportunities to, you know, I still the healthcare model, you know, putting them in opportunities to be in supervision because our guys are very hands on. You know, we can sit them in front of a, a book or in front of a screen and have them read over all the leadership and give them all my great quotes every single day. But that ain't going to that ain't going to have good leadership. Right. They got to kind of see it in action and, and be in different scenarios. So we, we promoted a few guys to, to lead custodian. And actually, that's been a great program for us. I think I think about half of our, our 12 since I've been here. We've, uh, we've got about six people who are former lead custodians who are now supervisors for us. And it's been a great program for us. That is uh, may I love that you guys at UC Davis are dedicated on, uh, you know, you have that low barrier entry point, mm-hmm. which generally that's where, that's where I live, right? It's the low barrier. I working with people with their first time jobs, right? I mean, they're, they're, they haven't worked before or, you know, they, they, at the very least they come unskilled for the most part into a housekeeping field. And then, you have the ability to keep going. So it, yes. you start there. We're going to teach you all the things you need to know on this level. We have opportunities for the next level. Once you get that, you can go to this next level and just keep going on and on. I, you know how many people I've met over the years who are the CEO of the bank and their first job in high school was cleaning the bank they're the CEO at. I mean, yeah. if that doesn't, you know, make you believe in God. I don't know what does. <laughs> well, I, I'm always a firm believer. You got to find out what motivates people. Right. And so, you know, in our industry, there are people who just want to be a custodian and that's all they want to do for the next 30 years. And I, mean, I love God, them. I love them. I want you to be as happy as possible. Let me know what you need. I but love them. Are some people that come in and they're like, I want more for myself. I want to be. A, I love a, them too. You know what I mean? And we need those guys, too. And so we just try to give everybody a little bit of something, right? Give them what they're looking for so that they perform at a high level for Davis. I love that. I just heard of I just heard of a nursing home. I can't think of what nursing home it is, but they started a lead. I think they called it maybe they called it like a lead CNA or something. So a CNA is a certified nursing assistant Yep. in nursing homes, in hospitals, too. And generally speaking, the way that nursing happens is the lowest entry level to nursing is a CNA. So you get your, it's like a couple of week course, you get your certified nursing assistant, and then you can go to school for two years and you can become an LPN, right? Or a licensed practicing nurse. And then you can go to school for a couple more years, you become an RN, but that's kind of like the educational route of a nurse. And they added a third or a fourth option in there in between the CNA and the LPN where they were just offering promotional opportunities for people who had some. So now they're kind of like a lead CNA and promoting people kind of like you're doing it based on skill, but also based on experience and dedication. And I think it's so smart. Anytime you can, you know, quite frankly, a lot of times what we're looking for is an excuse as an employer or as a manager. We're looking for an excuse to give you a little more, to bump yeah. you up a little more. Right. But it's a give and take. You got to give a little more so I can get a little more, you know, that kind of thing. And so if you have that gap too far, CNA to LPN, that's a huge gap. That's a two year schooling commitment while you're working 40, 50 hours. It's a large gap, you know. Right. Well, I will say this, you know, in my first, probably my first six months here, we had, we had to hire a bunch of supervisors and, you know, uh, our custodians are giving us a lot of, a lot of hell because they're like, how come you guys never hire from within? You guys never hire from within. Right. And so um, we, we selected somebody, we threw them a bone and said, all right, we're going to, we're going to take the custodian and make him a supervisor. And that guy, he was just in over his head. I mean, he was floating upstream every single day. And, and what that illustrated is that we've got to have something in place to develop our folks, you know, so that they're ready to go to the next step. There's a lot of them that want to, right? But you got to be ready to. Like, we want to have people have success. And so, you know, working with our HR team and, you know, labor relations, working with upper management, you know, they've been very supportive of getting this role into our department. And, you know, again, it's been, it's been huge because, you know, having somebody who's a, just because sometimes you're the best custodian doesn't necessarily make you the best manager, right? Or best supervisor, right? Seven out of 10, brother. <laughs> Seven out of 10 brand new managers fail in the first 90 days. Seven out of 10. 
And, and, you know, I hear that a lot, you know, I've heard it my entire career, you know, just because she was a good housekeeper, it doesn't mean she's going to make a good manager. And I always say the same thing. What should I do? I mean, I have no choice. I look for my best workers. Could you imagine promoting the worst person? <laughs> right. You know what I mean? You know, he'd be really great, that guy. He's not here today because he called out again, but he'd be so great if you put him in charge. <laughs> no way. No, right. You'd lose all your credibility in a heartbeat, you know? So we have no choice, which is the best thing because that's that's the reward for working hard. That's the reward, right? I mean, you're getting recognized. I think it's super great. But – you're right. It's not the same muscle. It's not. Yeah. You know what I liken it to? I liken it to going from eighth grade to ninth grade. In eighth grade, I knew everybody. I knew everything. I knew where everything was. I knew all the teachers. They knew me. That, that was kind of more of a, more of a curse and a blessing. You know, <laughs> I mean, I remember when the sixth graders came in, they would get a little tour and they would get a tour by the eighth graders. And I remember being part of the eighth grade tour group. Why? Yeah. Because I knew everything. Cause I'd been there so long. Cause yeah. I had already been around. I went to ninth grade brother. And the only person I knew was the custodian and he didn't start <laughs> till three. So all day I was without him. <laughs> oh, well, I got another analogy for you. Then. I was it's completely like... lost. I didn't, know where he was. I didn't know where I was supposed to be going. You know, in eighth grade, I was mastering math. In ninth grade, I was like I was back at ABC. I couldn't, like, what? You know. Right, right. No, it's, it, you're out of your element, right? You, out you're of your somebody element. Else's, you're in somebody else's world. So I got another analogy that I use with our group a lot of time. And I say, you know, a custodian is like riding a bike, right? When you're riding that bike and you're on your path, you know exactly where you're going. You're in control. You can make turns, quick turns, quick decisions. You come a supervisor, you're kind of like, you know, driving a minivan. Right. You got six people, seven people that you bring along with you. And if you turn wrong, you got to slam somebody's head into the window. <laughs> you stop too hard. You know, you're going to have people, you know, going all over the place. Right. And then I tell them, like, for me, this is like, you know, I'm like running a cruise ship here. Right. Like cruise ships don't turn on a dime. Right. I got to like plan it out. I got to get everybody on the same page and say, hey, we're all going this direction. Right. Same like riding a bike. And so um, and I, I think our guys are starting to caught on to that. Like I, I'm not on my bike anymore. I got I got some people with me. I say anytime there's an analogy where somebody's head can smash into a window. <laughs> <laughs> get some. Uh, oh, gotta make it memorable, right. You got to make it memorable. <laughs> All right. So uh, the, 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 the other thing I wanted to talk about with this form, because you do, you go through recruitment, reorganization, your operations, all this stuff. I mean, there's got to be like 25, 30 points that you made, that you highlighted, that you guys benefited from or were able to um, do in 2020, which is amazing. But you have one on here in operations. You said, you said two things. One, you said you improved customer satisfaction scores which I'm super curious about how you, well, so let's just start there for a second. What are they? What kind of a survey is it? Is it just the students getting the survey or like, how is it, how are you rated? How are you judged there? Yeah. So um, back in 2018, the, the university started participating in a customer, I guess it's more of a, a building occupant type survey uh, across the campus. It goes out to about you know, 20,000 some odd people um, that work on the campus. And so it's really staff based. It's really based on. You know, oh, it's not. It's not student based. Not necessarily student based. Um, this wow. is more all this is more staff based. And so okay. uh, I do think some students employ. I think like student employees, you know, may participate in this. But for the most part, it's mostly staff based. So you really kind of judged on like you know professors and faculty and all that stuff. And so um, back in 2018, we started out, you know, you know at what was called marginal, right? Um, and uh, I remember talking to my boss about this and just saying, like, you know, we're in a space here where, you know, everybody's kind of content, right? Like, you know, I see things because I'm the professional. I see, you know, things that can be done and be improved. But um, I could not do anything. And everybody would be okay with it because everybody's just kind of around here. I just kind of accepted that it's going to be marginal. I can make it better, but I got to break it. 
right? I gotta, I gotta kind of, you know, take everybody out of their comfort zone to like make it better. And, you know, God bless my boss. He, he was supportive. He was like, no, we're UC Davis. We want to be the best. So do what you got to do. And so um, a big part of breaking it was moving some of those people to day shift and putting people on day shift because what we weren't getting was that human interaction, right? You know, people thought of custodial services just like this thing that happens at night. I never see them, right? They just kind of do their thing. And what we've seen since we put more people on day shift is that that human interaction when they have to, you know, have a toilet plunge or they need, you know, uh, more toilet paper, instead of having to pick up a phone, talk to somebody, then wait 15 minutes for us to deploy somebody over there, they can just find that custodian in their building and say, hey, man, can you go take care of such and such for us real quick? That'd be great. And now there's a relationship there. So when they're responding to the survey, they're not talking about custodial services. They're talking about finance who works in my building every single day. Right. And so um, it's been a neat little Jedi mind trick that we've done with people and, and just having the same amount of people, but just making them more present on campus and developing those relationships. That is so interesting. It's so great. You know, we learned that in hospitals. So in mm-hmm. hospitals, we get judged mm-hmm. on what they call HCAP scores. Yep. And we were never getting any credit housekeeping we were never getting any credit from patients because patients rarely saw us yeah right they would see they would they and so we struggled with even figuring out how to let them know we were there because you know we would clean their patient room during the day but they're off getting surgery or they're in getting x-rays or they're you know they're getting rehab then the length to stay in the hospital is so small at the time I was there, the average length to stay was three days. I think it's even less than that now. I mean, they're so quick getting them into a rehab center. If they're going to be right. home or rehab, those are your two choices. You're not staying here, you know? Right. So I think it's even less of a, even more of a challenge for housekeepers to get credit. And eventually we tried all this stuff, but eventually, you know, what worked. We added our name to the whiteboard. So every resident or every patient room had a whiteboard and it would yeah. have, you know, like save your urine, you know, like <laughs> the instructions are from the doctor, the doctor's name, maybe the nurse's name. Right. And we started adding the housekeeper's name to it. And to your point, now it's no longer how was housekeeping. It was, you know, how was Kim? Yeah. No, it's amazing the contrast that you can see. Like whenever we had something negative come on the report, it would say custodial service is this, they suck or whatever. But then whenever something good, it would say, you know, uh, Mary and such and such. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, Bob in this building, he's great. Don't ever get rid of the thing guy. It never said custodial services was great. It was always that guy. He was the one that was making it happen for the entire building. <laughs> a million. Uh, so it, it, it's, it's so stark. It is so stark. If I could show it to you, you would be like, it's night and day. You know what? There's, there's, there's awesomeness in that statement. There's, uh, there really is. I, you know, I've been, I've been working in management training managers for a long time and I have, I have hook, line, and sinker bought into the notion that you you take all the blame as the person in charge and you give all the credit to people who aren't in charge. That's just the way it goes. But right. with peace and love, I'm going to tell you, sometimes it just drives me crazy how I had, I had housekeeping managers this past year do an unbelievable cancel vacation, not take days off, clean the COVID unit because their staff were scared, so they did it themselves. Right. And then, you know, there's an award for, you know, 30 days without calling out and we're throwing a pizza party for the staff who didn't call out for 30 days. Yeah. And the manager who's been not, who has never called out, who's been working seven days a week for three months, who's cleaning COVID areas because nobody else would do it. He's canceled right. his vacation, hasn't seen his kid in eight years. You know what I mean? Like if he even thinks of going, Hey, um, sh- can I get a slice of that pizza? <laughs> They're like, what did you do to deserve it? Yeah. Our management team has been amazing. You know, I, I got four, you know, managers who report to me um, and I help lay out the plan, but their execution has been great. And we, we didn't give them enough credit. You know, we did give it to a lot of the employees and, and the frontline supervisors, but our management team, I mean, without those guys working behind the scenes, organizing people, it doesn't, it doesn't happen. It doesn't yeah, happen. I'm, I'm super happy to hear you say that because I am not one bit anti-employee. I would never be anywhere. Sure. I couldn't be anywhere without, without employees. But yeah. I have mad love and respect for managers. People who say, yes. I'll be in, I'll put me in charge. I'll be responsible. Yeah. I'll take the lead. 
Yep. Come on. There's you need no, especially in, in our field. Come on. Yeah, you're saying I mean, you're being in charge. You're saying you're willing to be in charge of crap. You're willing <laughs> to be in charge of the messiest, dirtiest, the, the raunchiest. God, I love you for that. I, it's 100%, so, 100%. Mad respect. I appreciate people who show up on time for 30 days. Don't it's not, I'm not <laughs> no, we, need, we need it all, saying. right? We need it all. We need it all. <laughs> Let me move on. Let me move on for to, to the other question I had. And so, and by the way, about that customer satisfaction. When I first saw it, I thought must be the 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 customers, and I was thinking customers as students. Yeah. And and I was like, what the hell would they say? I couldn't even imagine a student filling out the survey. They'd be like, I ain't fine. You're lucky I took the math test. You know. You get a free T-shirt if you take the survey. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But, but the idea that you're treating the that the the customer is actually the 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 teachers, the professors, the office staff that makes it so much more sense, and it's so much better because they're the professionals. Yes, there. I mean, I wouldn't go out and ask my kids how they thought we were doing with keeping the house clean because yeah. they would say like, "Well, it could be." <laughs> you want to get it out of their head? Like, I'm gonna give you a mop. Right. 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 <laughs> No, I, no I, I think our, our we've tried to identify our customers as the people that we see every day, the people that we inter, interact with every day. You know, the students obviously very important to what we do, um, but the students they're, they're going to come and go. You know, every four years we're getting new students. Maybe Those professors they're tenured; they're going to be here the whole time. The, and, the deans they're, they're they're here, right? And so if we're not keeping those guys happy. No question. I'm I'm just sharing that I I didn't even think of it that way until you said it, and I was like, whoa, that's so much better. Totally makes more sense. So then the other thing that you take your little brag tag, and I'm going to let you go after this one. Here's another little brag tag. I'm super, I'm super want to hear about is your employee engagement scores went up. How are you measuring employee engagement? First of all, well, back up. How do you even define employee engagement? How do you guys define Um, it? I don't know if we necessarily define it, but, you know, uh, Davis, we love to do surveys here at Davis. You know, we want, we're not <laughs> All right. Um, so if I keep saying yes, will you stop making me fill out these surveys? <laughs> right, right, right. Please, please, please. Um, no, there's a, there's a survey. It's called the Glint uh, survey. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. Um, but it, 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 it's a survey that just asks a bunch, a bunch of questions. It's probably like any other surveys out there. And it's been the metric that we've been using here for the past couple, couple of years. And really what it just asks people is, you know, how well do you feel like you're being heard? Right. How do you feel? How well do you feel like your, um, your, your feedback being taken serious, you know? Um, and you know, our, our survey went up significantly, actually, you know, the, the, the campus wide survey was about 78% as far as like favorability. So they measured on favorability and ours was 90. Nice. Uh, for, for, so that was, that was like one of the tops in the, in the entire campus. And really what it comes down to is that, you know, I, I try my best to, to, listen to everybody's feedback, good or bad, um, and, and genuinely look for, okay, is there something in there that I can do differently, right? It, like, they came in here yelling and screaming, and sometimes people get focused on the yelling and screaming, but I'm like, well, what made them come in here and yell and scream at me, right? Like, what is the thing that's driving them? And I would like to say that we've solved a lot of people's issues. Like, one of the big issues was, you know, folks wanting to, you know, move up within the organization. We've done a lot of that, you know, over the past, you know, four or five years since I've been here. Um, a lot of it was staffing. You know, we've addressed some of some of our staffing issues as well. Um, so it's really just it's just a measure of how well how well is management and supervisors listening. You know, it's so I don't even I'm I'm no longer surprised. I'm I you just you're like if you are if you were looking for work, I'd hire you. I um. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what kind of a compliment that is, but there you I go. Know, listen, I, I love your content, man. I always love it for you. <laughs> nice, nice. So uh, I, I would always, anytime I see the word engage, I would cross it out and write the word listen. Yeah. Right? So how do you feel? Are you feeling listened to? That's how I would define engagement Absolutely. too. And so we're right on the same page. And then you, you ever, and you're going to say, I hope you don't say no. You're going to break my heart if you say no. Have you ever heard of a guy named Jocko Willink? I have not. I'm sorry. All right. Here we I'm go. Sorry. We have some work to do, Jocko. We have some- <laughs> so there's this, there's this guy called uh, named Jocko Willink, a retired Navy SEAL. He owns a company called Echelon Front, and he does management consulting. And he does a podcast called Jocko Podcast, which you're just 
fair warning. Once you start listening, you're going to be addicted. And it's okay. not a bad thing. Okay. But he, he says something very similar to what you just said. He said, how you know, the question is, how do you stop somebody who's always complaining, always nagging, always negative? And he says, listen to them. <laughs> like it sounds so it sounds so ridiculous when you put it out in the ether. What do you mean? Listen to them. He's like, I would legit go right up with a pad and paper and I'd be like, talk to me. What he goes, because I guarantee whatever whatever they're complaining about. Others have the same complaint. They're just being the mouthpiece, number one. Number two, the validity the validity of their complaint is usually based on their misunderstanding and probably yours as well. So you take the time to listen and write it down and then get back to them. Right. You will increase your engagement scores through the just like you just said. That's why I was like, you must have listened to How else could you have learned that if you didn't listen to Jocko? <laughs> um, my head beat in too many times is how I have probably, <laughs> I've learned it. But you know, one thing I found, and you know, this is probably because, you know, um, you know, my faith is that, you know, there is there is, people mean well, right? I don't think that people come in intentionally like I want to yell at finest today or I want to make his job you know harder they're coming in because they're passionate about it like somebody comes and talks to me tracks me down to my office and they're upset there's something that's happened like there have been many many things that have happened to lead them to that point and I just want to hear them out and I think too many times as managers or leaderships we put the onus on the employee or the subordinate to um, come in professional right but they're not, I'm not the one out there sweeping them up in the floors every day. I'm not the one breaking my back, taking out the trash every day. So somebody's frustrated, like, who am I to tell you, like, hey, go back out there and come in a professional way. Just come in, bring it to me. I'm, I'm a big boy. I've been doing this a long time. Give me your honest feedback. And yeah. then let me sift through all the emotion and say, okay, you just want the, the day shift to do their part on, on, uh, on day shift. I got that. I can fix that for you. Not a problem. Right. Finish, let me jump on board there. I want the day shift to do with this. But it's usually pretty simple. It's usually just like, but we get caught up in the emotion, you know? Yeah, no question. And that's something that we got to work on. Well, this has been really fun. And I and I really appreciate that you you said yes when I asked if you would come on the show and, and talk about UC Davis. And are you guys hiring? You must be hiring. Hiring like crazy. It's been a blessing. Um, it, we we're really growing right now. So, I, um, yeah, if you know, people, on your list that you hired, back. you hired 40 part time custodians last year. Yeah, and counting and counting. Mm -hmm. We probably hired another, you know, 30 or 40 this year. So, Good for um, you. We recently took over athletics. Um, so now we're managing all the athletics and performance events. And so we need part-time staff to be able to manage that stuff. So yeah, if you know anybody, send them, send them, send them well, away. Anybody listening, <laughs> you're really interested in going to work. You can look close near the campus of UC Davis. Come on down. Look okay. up Finnis Jones. Okay, say, hey, listen, I saw Finnis Jones on the House Heroes podcast and I want to work for him. So whatever I got to do. You take volunteers too, right? I'll work now, for him. <laughs> we prefer volunteers. Save our <laughs> no, this has been really great. I really appreciate you taking the time and I, everybody should follow you and, and you should post more cleaning stuff because I want to see more stuff. <laughs> I, think, no, I thank you. And I'm, I'm a big fan and I'm an, I need to like more and share more of your stuff. I mean, I, I really am a huge fan. Uh, of oh, thanks. I really think, I really think you do a great job. I appreciate that. You know, I have a, I have a friend who just was talking about what does a like mean? or what a share means. And he says that when he goes through his Facebook page and he's talking about his personal Facebook page, but it doesn't matter because when I go through my personal Facebook page and all my friends and high school friends and family are posting whatever, he goes, it doesn't even matter what it is, a birthday card they got, a meme they found, a saying they thought was fun. He goes, I simply put a like, I like, I, he goes, I, I just like, 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 he goes, you might think I'm a maniac, but all I did was give every one of my friends and family a little notification that, hey, I saw them today. Hey, that's yeah. nice seeing you today. Yeah. And I thought once he said that, I'm like, I'm going to be the like king. I mean, I'm, yeah. and I am. I, I, every time I see somebody I know who did something, I'm always like, 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 I'm here, I'm here, I'm here, I'm seeing you, I'm seeing you, I'm seeing. I think it's so important. Yeah, I got to so give all my more like me. <laughs> oh, I gotta give more likes on LinkedIn. I I I, I agree. I think we got to do a better job of acknowledging each other, especially us out in the cleaning industry. 
cleaning a million percent. You know why? Because nobody else is going to acknowledge us. <laughs> 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 this into my own hands. Lift us all, lift each other up. We got to lift each other up. <laughs> that's right. That's right. All right. That's it. Housekeepers podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening and tuning in. And thank you, Finis, really, for coming on. It's been really, really great.